Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hey everybody, Joe Wu here. Welcome to another edition of Joe Wu Radio, the Career Expert Live. We are back again, and I'm actually digging myself out of a big snowstorm that we had over the weekend. I think here in Delaware, in our area, we had about 20-some inches of snow at last count. I think it was like 20, 22 inches of snow, and uh, it took us a couple of days to dig out. And I think what I find amazing is, in this day and age, is the year 2016, and plowing is just deplorable, in my opinion. Um, you know, I've seen so many roads where it's like a lane and a half. And I get, you know, that they're trying to get to every road, but this is 2016, not 1986, 1976. I mean, we're in a day and age where we should have these things down. And, you know, people have uh, said, oh, you know, people overworked. Well, we have to hold people accountable. And this is, again, what I talk about with that high standard. You know, my thing is I hold them to a high standard and they failed at doing their job. And that may sound harsh, but the bottom line is, is that in this day and age, we should have proper plowing. It's that simple. And I'm, I'm understandable. Hey, two days in a snowstorm, I get it. But here we are three days, four days after the snow. And, you know, we're still not seeing roads completely plowed. It's just unbelievable. But in any event, you know, we're through the snowstorm. Kids had fun. Both of our kids got a little ill and under the weather, but that happens. But we are back here on the Career Expert Live. So excited tonight because we're going to change things up a little bit. And we're starting to change the format as we evolve here too. So I thank you all who have been listening to me since I started this journey last year. It's been absolutely amazing. And um, we've got a lot of great things. So what's kind of new with the show here? So we're not going to focus too much on all these job cuts. In the past, we had a whole segment of you know probably 10 to 15 companies. We're just going to talk about the highlights, You know the big ticket companies that are out there that might have job layoffs or job growth. So that area is going to be called you know job cuts and growth. And we'll be able to announce what we hear and what we see. And we also are starting to follow up with some companies to see what information we can get. Because sometimes they release information and there's not much out there. We'll also do what's called what's new nationally, kind of focusing again on you know politics as we heat up for the 2016 presidential race, but also too. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find some interesting, you know, areas that might be career related and things like that. So we're real excited about that. And today we're actually focusing on seven steps to organize your career right now. So I think what we'll see here is as the show evolves, we'll probably have two episodes, well, four episodes a month, two episodes a month. They'll be really focused on you know, very specific career related items and we'll have special guests. I think that makes sense. In the past, we would try to have as many special guests as we could. But as we evolve here, you know, it makes sense to really start ta- talking about very targeted areas. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. I had a little tickle in my throat here. But um, let's get into it, shall we? And here we go. So what is actually uh, happening with the show in the next uh, couple months here? So we have a great amount of guests lined up. We are uh, confirming some. We have Orrin Clapp of Pitch Anything. He's one of the big hot salesmen right now. He'll be on a March 29th. Mark your calendars for that. Uh, upcoming, we are working with Gail McGovern, who is the American Red Cross uh, CEO, see if we can actually get her on the show. We have some tentative agreements to see what we can do. Uh, we're working on nailing down a date and time. Uh, working with Russell Davis from Bar Rescue to see if he can appear here in February. Uh, very much, he's 
crew is very much interested in the show. And Joe White, who's my mentor and America's Breakthrough Expert, working with him. His schedule is pretty much all over the map, but going to try to get him on the show here real soon because um, there's a lot of things that you can do at the beginning of the year to break through challenges and fears, and he's the man for that. So let's get into the uh, job segment. Uh, so we learned today that DuPont is actually cutting more jobs ahead of its Dow Chemical merger. We found that about 5,000 to 6,000 jobs is what we're hearing. We're trying to confirm. And I think as the next couple of days roll out, we'll see more information on that. Xerox, 178 in Cary, North Carolina, in one of their facilities. Uh, just some reorg going on there and uh, you know, tightening of the belt. Sprint is announcing 2,500 jobs and some restructuring that they're doing. Uh, VMware, we're hearing reports of 900 layoffs. We don't have any additional information right now, but we will definitely take a look and uh, try to dig in. And by next show, we'll have some more information. And Schlumberger Limited, which is a crude oil um, and oil processing company, cutting 10,000 jobs uh, due to slumping crude sales. And obviously, as you guys have seen, the oil prices have dipped uh, previously below $30 a barrel, and it continues to fall. So I suspect we'll see some more cuts around there as these companies try to uh, clean up their bottom line and tighten up the belts. So what's new nationally? So nationally, uh, Donald Trump is now running away with the Republican field in all the latest polls. He's like 41%, and the next nearest person, Ted Cruz, is like 18-19%. So he's basically doubling him at this point. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in Iowa. As we reported last time and as we've seen in the news, uh, Ted Cruz is kind of drawing even with Trump in Iowa. So it'd be real interesting to see. Uh, my guess is that uh, I don't think there'll be any surprises. I think overall Trump will actually somehow manage to pull out the win. It'll be probably by the slimmest of margins, but I think that propels him. And I think it's going to be a pretty quick and decisive uh, race here. I think you'll start to see candidates back out pretty soon. Uh, probably my guess is Jeb Bush might drop out right after Iowa. I, I just don't think he has any pull. And some of the other guys as well. Uh, I, I imagine Ben Carson, Ted Cruz, and Marco Rubio still be around, but we shall see. It's going to be interesting. On the Democratic side, um, we have you know Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and Martin O'Malley. And, and the one thing I don't understand about Martin O'Malley is he's still there. I mean, I give him credit, still sticking it in, but he's nowhere near uh, going to be anywhere in this race. I think after Iowa, he's he's a goner, and I think it'll be between Sanders and Hillary. And then also, too, I think one of the you know things that I see is it's going to be a tight race. I think Hillary probably wins Iowa. I think Sanders, you know, him being from Vermont, I think he'll win New Hampshire. And I think it's going to be kind of up and down. But um, the other piece of interesting news that we heard uh, reports earlier uh, this week was uh, Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of New York City, um, is actually going to throw his name into the race sounds like from what we're hearing, he is going to decide probably at some point in early March. I think what he's kind of waiting for is to see who's going to become coming the lead. And I think, you know, if Trump and Hillary are there, I think he will put his name in the, in the race. And what that will that affect? Probably the Democrats, I think, more than likely if he runs as an independent. And I think that gives Trump the um, you know, clear edge here. So it's going to be real exciting to see. And, and a lot of people have kind of asked in the past, why do we talk about politics? Well, Obviously, the big thing is job creation and job growth, and we want to know what's going on in politics and uh, what's going on with the government is, is very, very important. So stick around, and, and we'll see what happens uh, nationally. So let's shift gears and actually talk about our main topic today, seven steps to organize your career right now. And you know, I felt this was really important this year to talk about how to organize your career, because here we are still in the beginning of January. Most of the people who've gotten the gym memberships are probably starting to not show up to the gym regularly. 
but I think it's important. You know, most people when, you know, they kind of said there's new year resolutions and I always set goals and outcomes, not resolutions. There's a difference there as we've talked about in the past, but I think one of the things that, you know, I look at here is I see people still kind of struggling at the beginning of the year and now is not the time to fall off the wagon. Now is the time to keep accelerating things and push yourself because your, your goals are not going to be perfect. They're not meant to be perfect. They're going to be, you know, some holes in them. There's going to be challenges. And, and, you know, in my past, I was very much a perfectionist and sometimes I still am with things, but I'm learning that you just got to get out there and, and throw things out there. Sometimes uh, you got to have a plan, but Sometimes it might not work, but you got to do something and something's better than nothing. So uh, if you're actually struggling right now, I urge you to sit in and listen in on this and um, get some good information here because so many people right now are probably, you know, you're seeing some layoffs. It's typically the time of the year. This is the winter blues after the holidays. Most people get this and then people start to say, okay, what am I going to do with my career? So I think it's an important time really to get organized in your career. And we'll kind of go through those seven steps in just a second here. But again, I, you know, I think from the standpoint of beginning of the new year, first couple of months, you know, this is this is a great opportune time. And, and there's nothing wrong with sometimes if you take till February, you know, to kind of organize things, you know, it's OK. I mean, you're not perfect again, but you do it, you know, instead of not doing it, then you're well ahead of the game. But I think organizing your career and what I mean by that is how do you really put things together so you're in the driver's seat? Because so many of us and I, I would honestly venture to say the number is probably up there, 80 percent are, you know, probably not proactive in our career. You know, we get the layoff or, you know, we get the news and we don't get the job and we're just not managing our, managing our careers proactively. And you'll hear me talk about this theme this year because I really think it's key that uh, as Americans, we start to manage our careers and not let somebody else manage them. Now, sure, there are times where we just have no control over layoffs and things like that, but there are key signs that are out there. There are a lot of you know warning signs too that you'll see red flags that I like to call them and you just have to be on top of things and I think it starts with organizing your career kind of getting yourself healthy it's a nice sort of check I, and I try to do this quarterly and I urge you to do it quarterly because the more often you do it the better you're going to be in, in shape and so let's kind of dig in here and I think and go over the seven steps shall we and as we're kind of checking here I'd like to always check social media see if there are any questions out there I don't see anything posted yet you can always uh, call in if you want to speak as well. It's very important that we keep an open dialogue with all of our uh, listeners. And we've had some call-ins in the past, but definitely want to open it up, even even engage it more. So if you want to call in and talk and you got some questions or concerns, call in at 347-989-0028. Again, the number is 347-989-0028. There's no wait right now. So if you have a query-related question, I'll see your number pop up, bring you on, and let's talk and let's chat and see how I can help you. But let's dig into it right now. So the seven steps of organizing your career right now. So what is that? So the first step is updating your resume. Um, and as I said earlier, you want to do this quarterly. And it's very important to, to keep updating your resume because there's going to be little things that you do and there's going to be big things that you do throughout the year that you're going to forget, not write down. I mean, where do we write things? In a notebook and it goes into a drawer and then it eventually gets to the shredder. But I always say, you know, the key things that you accomplish, the real big things and even some of the small things that are really neat, you should update on your resume right away. Um, I also keep a Word document where I kind of list my accomplishments for the year because it's a great way for your mid-year review and your annual review. So that way you kind of protect yourself and you also can kind of bang your drum and that's what we should do. Uh, but I think it's very important to keep your resume fresh and updated because you never know what's going to happen. And if you forget something, um, it's it's absolutely going to be critical to put that information on there. And if and again, if you forget it, then you're going to lose out on some things. Especially if you've got a big ticket item that you've you've accomplished for the year. You know, saving money in a budget, or uh, you've created some new kind of initiative. 
uh, it makes sense. And I would also say for your resume, have it professionally done. So many people kind of cut and paste crap together and it just looks like garbage. And, you know, they say the average HR person looks at a resume for a few seconds and puts it down. It's got to look attractive. It's got to look sexy. And how do you do that? And, you know, look at examples, um, but also to have a professional do it. I mean, there are people out there that get paid to do this. And yes, I know we all want to save money, but something like your career, I would always say spend as much money as you can. And I don't mean that to go out there and spend thousands and thousands of dollars and all this stuff. But you got to spend money on your career because it's important. It's your livelihood. It, it, it feeds your family. Uh, it pays for nice things, pays for vacations, a nice house, nice cars, and, and you want to do that. So again, step one, update your resume and do it quarterly. Step two is called references. And these are people who you put on your job application or on your resume to say, hey, these are people that can vouch for me. And so many times when I'm on the table of reviewing somebody's resume, you know, I'll make calls for references. Absolutely. I'm going to check everything out. And the key here is um, it, check with your references because there's been times where I've called a reference and said, hey, Sally's actually applying for a you know, job, whatever, and I'm doing a reference. This is John Smith or you know whoever. This is Joe I'm calling, and um, you know, we're, we're trying to find out uh, you know, if you can vouch for Sally. And you know, basically, um, there's been times where a person says, oh, I didn't know that, and it just doesn't look good. And I'm not going to hire somebody if that is the case because to me, that's laziness. You want to get good references and have them vouch for you. So I always say talk to your references periodically. Uh, you know, talk to them once a quarter. I mean, if, if they're, you know, somebody who you're very close to, talk to them, you know, often. Uh, shoot them an email, things like that. And uh, But if it's somebody who you might have worked with, a previous manager, or previous boss, keep it up to them quarterly. Say, hey, just want to check in, see how you're doing, want to grab a cup of coffee. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously, you're, if you're in another state, you know, just do, do a quick Skype call, do a FaceTime call, whatever it is, keep in touch because, Ask what you can do for them, too, because they might be in a pinch and they might need something. And it's a great way to be connected and together. So, again, step two, references. Uh, step three, networking. And we had a big show on this last year, but networking to me is one of the single most important things you can do for your career. Because let's face it, you know, you have a situation right now like DuPont and so many people are, are, have gotten their pink slips it's very sad, but how many people really have an active network out there looking, helping them look for jobs or just helping them get better in their career? And networking to me is something you should always be doing. And, and you know, we are born salesmen because we're always selling ourselves. We're selling things. We're selling excuses. You know, we're selling ourselves on what clothes we should wear, what car we should buy. You know, we're selling family members. But you, you, you've got to sell yourself and you've got to network with people constantly. So I always say, uh, make sure you know you connect with new people on LinkedIn. You know, set a goal each month. That's something that you can do for your career when you set goals. You know, set a LinkedIn goal of connecting with 20 new people a month, or maybe it's 10. Um, talk to colleagues too, because y you never know what could happen internally. You know, you talk to colleagues and network and say, hey, yeah, I've got Sally in the other department here, and they're starting up some project management thing, and it might interest you. And it's a great way to make a lateral move or even a promotional move. And attend mixers. I mean, there's so many mixers out there right now. You know, there's these new things where people are painting and drinking a wine glass. And, and it's kind of a neat, fun thing. I'm not always for that. But go out there and, and do a Google search. You know, check with a company. They have mixers. Um, go out there periodically and see what's going on. Especially, you know, business chambers, small business chambers are a great place to start. But I always just simply Google, you know, business mixers. And I see hundreds of them in areas, especially in large metropolitan areas, it's it's a great way to to be connected with people and to to you know find people that might be able to help you find a new job or make a career move. Um, when I talk about events, I, I think also too one of the biggest things that we we shy away from is going to you know job fairs and you know career related events and and things like that. Um, 
you need to go to those things. And yes, I understand if you're in the area, your company might be there. You want to do your due diligence and homework because if you find out that they're there, it doesn't make sense to go. Um, you know, obviously there's been times where, you know, I've not been in a good position in a job and I've disliked it so much that I went to a job fair and my company was there and I walked around, they saw the HR people saw and I waved them. If it's a small company, you might run into that problem. So you, you might want to get the information, like if it's a large, let's say conference hall or a large um, you know, center or something like that, or building, um, you might be able to get a map and kind of see where they are and sort of avoid the area where they're at. But if it's a small company and everybody knows everybody, then I probably wouldn't go. But you can find other job fairs in other areas, especially in Delaware here. You know, take a train up north to Philly. It's a quick, you know, train ride. You know, New York, Baltimore, D.C. It could be work from home positions or where you can go in periodically and remote. Makes sense to to look at that. But, you know, obviously you, you want to stay fresh with job fairs. And I always say to people who are in their careers, especially in kind of just starting out or even in middle management, um, you know, go to go to job fairs, you know, once a year, at least twice a year, you, you network with new people, new things out. And there's also skill companies there where you can do some training and skill sets. So it makes makes total sense to do that. But again, keep your eye on what, you know, is out there. And if your company is going to be there, then sometimes it might not be the best thing to do is, is go there. And then you can kind of stick with the mixers and uh, and do your best there. So that's step three, networking. Step four, we talk about uh, career planning and goals. And I think this is probably the second most important thing. I would actually probably put it up there as 1A and 1B with networking, career planning, and goals. And again, this is where we get to the heart of the matter. You know, people don't plan. We, we plan for weddings. We plan for babies. We do it very well, the life events, but we are not very good at planning our careers. And I, I just see so many people are zombies. You know, it's at the Monday Facebook post, you know, Sunday night. Oh, it's Monday again. You know, Monday morning, it's Monday. I need coffee. I need this. I need that. It's fun and cute. But you could really kind of tell where people's heads are at and they just don't totally like their jobs. And you're never going to like all of your job. You're going to hate some of it. But you, you have to really look at it and say, are you truly happy there? And I guarantee you more than half the people are not. They want something new and want more money. So that's why I always say career planning and goals, which is step four, is extremely important to do. And what I mean by that is, you know, at the end of the year, I always sit down and plan things out and set goals. And I usually start in November, try to be a good person to do that. Usually between Thanksgiving and, and the uh, the time, uh, Black Friday is probably the best day for me because everybody's out shopping and you know, companies are off and uh, it's a great time to kind of catch up. And I start there and sort of plan and figure out what I want to do. But I usually start asking questions like, where do you want to go this year? You know, what's what's on the horizon for next year? Do I want a promotion? It, early on in my career, I do the same thing. And you know, when I was working with the Red Cross, I would say, okay, where do I want to go next year? I want to be a director level. You know, I want to be a senior director level the next year, things like that. Uh, and then what you want to do is you want to put your one-year plan, three-year plan, and five-year plan. And a simple Word document's fine. You know, don't make it too hard, too complicated. It's not going to be perfect. But if you put something out there, it's a great start. And, and I remember early on in my career, I was getting very frustrated. Like, okay, how do I set goals? What do I do? And you know, back then, the internet wasn't as big as it is. And, you know, I talked to people and I would just get frustrated. I wouldn't set goals. So I just started saying, hey, I'm going to do this and <clears throat> it'll evolve. And it's evolved into a really good thing. And, you know, when you create your one-year plan, three-year plan, a five-year plan, you really say, okay, what's my, what's my vision for that? What does it look like? You know, in three years, I'm going to be a director or in, you know, five years, I'm going to be, you know, graduated from law school and I'm going to have a lawyer, you know, a law job be as a lawyer. So those are things you want to put in there specifically, what the vision looks like, and then basically your goals for that. And then how do you get there? I mean, what's, that, that's a key piece of it is, you know, in planning, what are the resources you're going to need? Um, you know, you need to talk to people. Do you need to take additional courses? You know, having those conversations with your boss and saying, hey, this is where I want to go this year. 
Um, I was probably always one of the only persons that would do that with my boss. And they probably thought I was nuts, but I'm like, Hey, this is where I want to go. I'm, I'm taking charge of my career and this is where I want to go. And sometimes they might say easy there, you know, you're a little too eager, but I would prove them wrong and, you know, I would get a promotion or I get into a new position. So I think how you get there is extremely important piece of it. And when you jot your goals down, you say, okay, how do I get there? What are the resources I need? You know, do you need to have a mentor? Do I need to talk to people? Do I need to take additional courses to gain skills to get into a new position or make a move? You know, do I need um, some coaching, you know, resume, you know, coaching, resume, writing experience, interview skills, whatever it is, you want to write down because it becomes very clear as to what you're going to need and be open and honest. And if you stink in, in interviewing, you know, go out and YouTube stuff. It's that simple. You have so many resources and there's no excuse why you shouldn't do well in your career and be in your driver's seat. And then I think, again, what I talked about is, you know, what do you need to get there? You know, list all those resources out one by one. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing in planning is have a mentor too. And we'll talk a little bit about that in the end, but um, that's absolutely key. Somebody to kind of keep you in check and sort of bounce ideas off of too. And it's a great thing. So that's step number four, which is career planning. And step five is what I call dead weight. And what you're thinking there is, oh my gosh, what are we, what are we talking about here? But dead weight is, is really getting rid of those that are bringing you down. And I do this every year. And I know it probably sounds harsh, but I go through you know my Facebook and, and I delete people, uh, people who have you know, got really negative attitudes. I mean, I'm sure I'll try to help them, but if I got some people who are out there that are just bringing me down, um, and if they're not on Facebook, I just don't talk to them anymore because that's not who I am. And I'm not saying life's all about rainbows and you know, rose-colored glasses and, you know, there's no weeds in my garden type thing. But I'm an overly positive person, but I know reality. And I know there's always going to be weeds. There's always going to be problems and problems are problems. But, you know, the pe people that chronically complain every single day, woe is me, and make every single excuse why they can't lose weight or, you know, why their boss is upset. And, and you know, as you kind of turn your career and you be proactive, you start to see those people come out in droves and you're like, wow, I don't know, really realize that about that person. But, I, you know, I've deleted a lot of people in my life. And it, it's sad. I hate to do it. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to take care of number one. And I never used to do that. I always take care of everybody else and try to please people. But you got to set yourself up for success and you got to make sure that you get rid of the negativity and all the crap that's out there. And you can be polite with people. You know, if somebody's bothering you, you know, just walk away and stop talking to them. I mean, I have people out there now that are reaching out to me on, on Facebook who I've, I've deleted and, you know, I'm just trying to be as polite as possible. Um, I would say, you know, you, you know, if you delete somebody, you know, you don't have to get into it and say, Hey, I'm deleting you. Guess what? Ha ha. You know, here you go. No, just, you know, if you delete them and then somebody all of a sudden asks, Hey, sorry, you know, uh, I deleted you just no longer, you know, no longer have a need here. And I've said that to people and it's pissed them off, but you know, they'll get over it. And, you know, I don't go into elaborate details, but, you know, if there are people in my life who, you know, call and call and email and say, hey, where are you at? Why aren't you responding? And they text me. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll have to break it down and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm just very busy. And, you know, right now, um, this is not a priority. This, this you know, connection we have is not a priority. And it might sound a little soft in doing that, but I want to be polite and nice. Um, but if somebody starts getting a little belligerent saying, oh, you're a you're jerk or whatever, no, say to them, hey, you know, sorry, this is the reality and this is where I'm going. And, and I've actually heard a couple of my mentors say, you know, delete these people on your phone, leave a, a cute message basically saying, hey, you know, if I don't respond to you, um, then, you know, I've deleted you out of my life. And, and you know, I, I think it's kind of funny. It's interesting, but uh, I, you know, it's something I probably wouldn't do uh, unless I obviously had a lot of people constantly hounding me for stuff. But I think, again, just get rid of the dead weight. You know, you don't have to make it overly complicated. You know, usually every December I look and say, okay, who are the people have been negative and 
just get rid of them. And and I've gotten rid of a lot of friends who aren't on social media. And it just makes sense because why why live with the drama? Because every moment you spend in drama or negativity is a moment that you don't have success and you start to lose that momentum. So that's step five, dead weight. Uh, step six here is personal development. And, and I think this is an area where we really, truly miss out on, you know, a lot of things here. You know, we, you know, as we get out of school and I did this, you know, you got out of high school or college. Okay. I'm done learning. That's it. Throw all the books out, put them down. I'm never going to take a class again, never going to learn and burn me early in my career because I, you know, was not really, um, looking at getting promotions. I was kind of coasting, setting back. And I started saying, why are these people getting promotions? What's going on? What's happening? And, you know, I started watching their success and I asked a few people said, Hey, what'd you do? Well, I took this course. I did this. I'm reading books. And I was like, Oh my gosh, wow. I would have never thought of that. And I kind of said, Hey, I'm laying the gauntlet down. I'm not going to read another book again and take another course. And I was done, burned out from school, but that was just an excuse. And now I read tons of books. I mean, I'd never thought I'd be this kind of active and avid reader, but I mean, I, I read, ton of books a year, probably, you know, 30, 40 books a year. I'm always scouting for information. I mean, I probably run the, the ink dry on the printer, but I like to print out articles and read when I'm traveling, you know, two, three page little blogs and things like that. It really gets me educated. And you've got training courses at work. And, you know, when you sit down with your boss, you know, sure, some of the, the courses are probably, you know, junk or they're not exactly that great, but you know what? It's additional courses and it's additional work for you. It's a good thing to look internally because the company always has that stuff. I mean, in the past, I know companies have like, you know, uh, Microsoft Office type uh, courses. That's always important, especially in the technical field. You want to take, you know, skills to gain, you know, say PowerPoint, whatever it is. PowerPoint's always a good course. I see so many people that struggle with organizing, you know, slide decks and things like that. That's very key. But also look outside of work, too, because there's a lot of free courses. Uh, some are even inexpensive, like SkillPath, which I used to take. They've got some really kind of neat courses. You know, they're maybe $100, $150. Bucks. You know, you can always call and negotiate with them, but look at outside stuff too. Uh, the new trend now is masterminds. And I think mastermind groups are good because you can kind of bounce ideas off of um, like-minded people. It's a great way to develop your skills and kind of elevate your peer group. You know, as we talked about previously in step five, dead weight, you know, this is a great way to elevate yourself, surround yourself with good key people that help develop you. And and I also think to find a mentor, you know, if you don't have a mentor, we should all have mentors. And I have a series of mentors, you know, in different areas, but they're people you can bounce ideas off of. And, you know, if you say, well, I'm wasting their time or you know, why would they help me out? You know, that's what people do. It's giving back and serving. And I actually have a few people that consider me a mentor. And it's, you know, a cup of coffee here and there. It's bouncing ideas off each other. And that's how we serve and help people. And we're going to get better at that. But uh, again, go to conferences. You know, you have the trade shows and conferences. Those are always fun because you get you know little trinkets you can bring home for the kids if you have kids or for your staff. But it's always good to see what other companies are doing and other people are doing. And you can network with hundreds, if not thousands, of people. And you can find new ways and new things and new ways of doing things. I Man, I went to a, a called the Help Desk Institute conference in Vegas about I guess it was maybe six, seven years ago. And it was a phenomenal experience. You figure, okay, it's at you know, Mandalay Bay and it's at a casino. Guess what? We're going to the casino. No, you know, I actually worked. Yeah, at night I did a little bit and had some fun. Then you got to unwind. That's what you're there to do. But you're there to work and learn. And I met a person who actually helped me with PowerPoint. You know, this, this person, I saw the PowerPoint. So I was like, wow. And it was a, um, <clears throat> I'll never forget this. It was actually a class on, you know, um, IT information, technology stuff. And, you know, I asked her after the class, I said, look, I said, I know you're in Cincinnati. I'm here in Delaware working out of D.C., but let's set up a, a webinar or something. I'd like to learn how you do that PowerPoint because that was phenomenal. It's the best I've ever seen. And I got great experience out of it. And I was able to give her back something. So those are always key. And those are huge opportunities there. So that's step six development. 
And step seven here is volunteer. And this is what I talked a little bit about ago about giving back. You want to help others and serve others. And yes, it feels good and it's always good to, to do that thing. It helps our, our psyche out and helps our psychology out. We feel great. But it does put you in a good state, but it's the right thing to do. I mean, it really is. You know, that's what we're all here for to serve and help each other, not not drag each other down. Yes, we're humans and we do that, but you got to volunteer and help people out. You know, give back. I mean, I was just at uh, my alma mater, Villanova University, on Friday, and I'm working on, you know, obviously my business here and trying to do great things, but I, I gave some time back. And, you know, I'm going back and speaking on campus and I have some fun with it. And you got to be able to do that stuff because if you give back, people see that and know you're genuine and coming from your heart. And it'll go a long way and it'll open up the door to so many other opportunities. And you never know. You could find something new in volunteering. It's a great thing. And just don't do it to do it. I mean, do it and do it right and do it, you know, what, what excites you with volunteering. Maybe it's helping out at a soup kitchen. Maybe it's helping out at the Boys and Girls Club, which is what I like to do. Or it's going back to your high school or college and speaking. I mean, so many kids right now need this stuff. You know, both parents are working. Go out and volunteer and just do something exciting. Be wild and creative with it. And and you've got to. It, it's, it's so important to do that. So those are the key steps there. And um, I, I will say, you know, I've used these seven steps before and I still use them. And they're great because it really helps me organize my goals and my skill set and everything for the year. And, and I know what I need to do. And these might evolve a little bit, but I think they're very important. So let's go have a quick recap here before we shut off for the show and close out the week. Again, the seven steps to organize your career right now. Number one, update your resume. Number two, references. Number three, networking. Number four, career planning and goals. Number five, dead weight. Number six, development. And number seven, volunteer. And I'll put this stuff out on social media and feel free to comment. I don't think we have any comments and we don't have any callers. But I hope this information was extremely helpful to you. And again, as we evolve the show, this is what you'll see and this is what we'll continue to do. And that's all the time we have for tonight, folks. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure serving you, and I hope I can continue to do this for a very long time. It's a fun experience. I enjoy getting out there, sharing my stories, and sharing my opinions with you. And um, let, let's get as many people on the show as we can to listen and, and educate each other. So that's it. Thank you all for following me on this journey. Good night, everybody, and live amazing. <laughs>